Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Tuesday, November 2nd. Now, Mark, um, I am now very much in favor of the web design team adding the guilt button on the front door of the website. Nah, I'm not going to do that. I think it would be fun to do like a motivational kind of like move it, get going. What can we do for you? You know, when people say, I love your straightforward, straight talking advice. Sometimes I'd like, "Mm, I think that's a positive, but sometimes I think it's a little bit, is it off-putting to people? Maybe they're not listening if that's the case. If you want the lovey-dovey sweetheart stuff, I'm not that person, but I'm not scolding you if you're not doing the job. I want to get you to the next best place. Mark and I are very much like that. Although, you know, we have had some instances where we do scold people a little bit, but it's in jest. I try to do it with a little humor. And that way I think it goes down a little bit easier. What we try to do is kind of read your mood and then apply the advice that will break through somehow. Sometimes when you guys hang up with us, Mark will say to me, that guy's never going to do what we tell him to do. We know that. There are some people who are going to do it. Some people are not going to do it. It's okay. It's totally okay. Even if we get you to move one little step, half step, quarter of a step in the right direction, I'm satisfied with that. So if you've got a financial question, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact button, and then we can answer your questions. Okay. Uh, This guy, oh, he said he wanted to come on the air and he bailed on us. So we're going to do it as an email, straight up. Mike writes, he's going to be 49, and his wife is also 49. He says, I can retire in January with a pension of between 60 to 65 grand a year before taxes. Now, in this case, there is no cost of living adjustment until he gets to age 55. Okay, we want to move to Florida soon. The current home is worth about $225,000. The only outstanding mortgage, just $20,000, no other debt. Hmm, they're going to sell it. And so they've got a million dollars saved in 401k, 457 and Roth accounts. So I'm just writing this down. It's a million dollars saved. Uh, They've got, let's just say, 200 grand in equity. Of the money they've saved, the million dollars, just 13% is Roth. Okay. He earns 100 grand. Wife earns 135. She is going to keep working when they move to Florida. They've got um, one child who is finishing college, uh, who is a junior right now. They cash flow all of her expenses about 25 grand a year. After we cut the cord with her in a few years, my wife would like to retire. 
we do expect to do some sort of paid work part-time. Even if it's just 20 or 40 grand a year combined, it's just going to help us prevent us from tapping our savings. He says, I'm going to be eligible for a healthcare stipend from the pension, about $1,000 a month once my wife retires. Okay. So they have their insurance through her employer and suspect that will be the same when she has a new employer in Florida. We will be able to live on $7,000 a month after taxes. We expect to rent an apartment for a year or two until we decide where we want to settle down in Florida. Can we do it? All right, Mark. Yes, the answer, we did this very quickly. I read it slowly so Mark could have time to absorb it all, and you too. Yeah, of course you can do it. It's that pension that saves you, right? So I think what's going to be interesting is to see whether or not you really want to buy something, and if so, how much of the money that you have will be sucked into or, you know, plunked down and buying. Because, you know, 200 grand is a lot of, you know, is a lot of money, but, you know, I don't know what you would be consider buying in Florida. I think one thing you just have to be somewhat careful about is the following. You get to Florida, you're living your life, things are good. So basically, you know, you've got some money coming in right away with the pension. Your wife works, you don't need to touch anything. Okay. Now, you then say, oh, we love it here in Florida. Life's great. And you say, I want to spend some of that million dollars I've saved and add it to the $200,000 of equity to buy something. That's where I think the plan could have some holes in it. So what I want to reiterate is, yes, you can do this, but I would be very cautious about buying something in Florida that would tempt you to pull money out of your retirement accounts and use that to buy something down there. So that's the one thing that I think is worth keeping an eye on. You know, by and large, if you're going to go do this, one thing that would be really helpful would be to keep saving money outside of retirement. Even if she is working and, and making a bunch of money, I'm more concerned with you having non-retirement assets than retirement assets at this point. Okay, next up, Anna says, first of all, love your podcast. My husband and I are both 47. Uh, their combined salary, $220,000. We have about a million dollars in our retirement fund, IRA and, and 401k. And Anna goes on to say, I am contributing 20% in my retirement, my husband, 15%. We've saved a little bit in 529s, $70,000. It's funny when people say a little bit and 70 grand. That's like a big number. Anna and her husband have three kids. One's a senior. Uh-oh. Hmm. Now, she says, this is interesting. We find it very hard to save as an emergency in an emergency fund. Unless you count the Cancun trip as an emergency. <laughs> That's good. Uh, they tried lowering their retirement contribution last year to put our savings. It was spent. We wind up paying more when we filed our taxes. My accountant stated that we need to max out our contribution to lower our taxable income, but with less take-home pay, there's not much left over. What should we do? You know what you should do? If you really suck at putting money aside in an emergency reserve, what you might want to do is establish a home equity line of credit and think of that as your emergency reserve. I mean, what am I going to do, Mark? Fight this one? They just can't do it. 
just keep saving, all right? And if you really cannot do this, a home equity line of credit, find out what the rules are about a, a if you had to, what it would be like to borrow from the 401k. And that's it. Cancun is an emergency because you might kill each other if you stick around and don't take a trip anytime soon. So I, I'm on board with that. Okay. Here is from Britain. Jill, I love your show on Sunday evenings. Oh, because you listen to us on the radio, which is fabulous. I have a financial advisor I like very much and have no issues, but I like the advice you give (laughs) and thought maybe I could run our situation past you to make sure we're on the right track for retirement. My main question is with the information below, do you think we're saving enough to be able to retire at around 65-ish? Okay. Britain is 38. I have a secure job uh, making a gross of $150,000 to $170,000 a year, depending on bonus. My wife is 37. She's a stay-at-home mom for our three kids who are aged 10, 12, 14. Uh, they have no other debt other than the home. The house is worth eight hundred grand. They just refinanced $205,000 mortgage at, wait for it, 2.5%. That's a 30-year fixed. They've got seventy grand in cash. They have $300,000 in a simple IRA retirement account through his job. Um, they match dollar for dollar up to 3%. And he says they save around 15% of their income to retirement. We still have additional money left over each month and have been thinking of starting a brokerage account through our financial advisor for saving it there, maybe a rainy day or investment property if that ever works out. Plus, open a separate Roth account for my wife and for me. Wait a second, 150 to 170. Mark, what's the limit on Roth IRA limits? 2008,000. Oh, so maybe you could do a little bit for him. We have additional money. Okay. We live conservatively. We don't require a lot of fancy stuff or world traveling or Cancun as the previous writer was going to be. Okay. He thinks... Sixty-five dollars to $75,000 a year is what they need. 30 years from now, I don't know how much. Um, they're aggressive investors. Uh, what do you think, Mark? What do you think the, the deal is on track for retirement or not? I think you're on track. I have an interesting question that is floating around here in the back of my head. And it's for all of you who are listening. When you all say you have an advisor and you're happy with your advisor, what does that mean exactly? Because if you're really happy and and you have uh, an advisor relationship that you feel is working for you, like if I had a great doctor and uh, I, I was like, oh, you know, I had a bad back, but the doctor's really working with me. It's great. Do I then keep going and asking for more opinions? I'm just wondering if there's something going on with this advisor, because obviously if you have an advisor who is, you know, using all the great knowledge and running financial planning scenarios for you, that should not be something where it's like, I don't trust that information. Or here's the other thing. Do you actually have a financial advisor? Do you maybe just have someone who is investing for you? You know what I'm saying? I just think that if you're working with a a certified financial planner, okay, it's so funny because I've been doing my continuing education 
So I just want to read you the, the definition of financial planning according to the CFP board. Financial planning is a collaborative process that helps maximize a client's potential for meeting life goals through financial advice that integrates relevant elements of the client's personal and financial circumstances. Now, if you're not working with someone who's doing that, who can tell you, yes, you're on the right track, no, you're not on the right track, then I think you've got a different question, which is when you're opening up new accounts, whether it's a Roth or just a plain old brokerage account, I'll tell you something. I think you should do it yourself because this is the bare minimum that a financial planner should be doing for you, running your retirement scenarios and updating it annually. All right. Nicole writes that I find myself in an unusual position for me, a company I previously worked for and still held stock in was recently bought out. And I'm finding myself with about $84,000 in cash, pre-tax. Oh, that's so great. I'm trying to make sure to get the most out of it. I'm 43, married with two kids. I've got 700 grand saved for retirement. I have $36,000 in credit card debt. And I need to build up my emergency fund. I've been listening to your podcast off and on. What do you mean if off and on? Let's get it on, girl. Okay. I'd love to get your advice. You ready? This is easy, Nicole. Number one, of the $84,000, you're going to have to pay taxes on it. So let's leave some money that's available. So the first thing you're going to do is, with that $84,000, pay off the credit card debt. Put the rest of the money in cash. Wait to see what your tax situation is in April. I don't know what everything else is going on, but I really think that you should just leave it be. Nothing else. And once you get through the tax season... I'd love to hear back from you because I think there are some other things that are going on that we have to address. Like, how'd you get the 36 grand in credit card debt? Sometimes, you know, crap happens. I get it. So imagine how good Nicole's going to feel when that debt is paid off. It's going to be so much better. All right. Now, if you have some strange windfall that comes out of nowhere, we'd love to help you out. Go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact button. Tell us what's going on and let us know if you will come on the air. While you're on the website, you can subscribe to our sister broadcast. It's called Eye on Money. You can check out the free weekly newsletter. Mark, how many subscribers to the free weekly newsletter do we have right now? Oh, I need 3,000 more people because that, that will get me to a good benchmark. I need 3,000 more subscribers to the free weekly newsletter. That's all. Come on. So when I say do something nice for someone else today, maybe your nice thing today will be, hey, I'm going to subscribe to Jill's newsletter just to make her day, even though the numbers really don't matter all that much because I'm not selling against those numbers. I just, it's a point of pride. That's all. So do something nice for someone else or do something nice for me and Mark. Okay, grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.